Um, I'm Annabelle. I go to Minneapolis South and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Sohan. I go to Glenbrook North and I use he, him pronouns. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm a two out at Westminster and my pronouns are he, him. Okay, I'm kind of disappointed about the topic. Like, I know I'm a two-way, but I still think international relations topics are just, like, objectively more fun. I don't know. So, my take on this is I sort of get where the people that do it for water are coming from. Like, you know, yet another year of is Russia evil or not topics. Like, there was just one in college. Uh, This happened on arms sales. So, I sort of get where they're coming from. But I do think that the lack of any clash sort of overwhelms the benefits of talking about something different because based on camp, it's looking like this is shaping up to be another year of agent counterplan and politics. And I don't think the talking about something different benefit can overcome the fact that this will just look like immigration and education again. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to agree with that take. It would be so much better to have a debate about Russia right now like, oh my God, so much better. Like, I, I just find water resources boring as hell. Like, who cares at some point? I'm on the same page. I don't know. I feel like after last year, I'm like a little bit scarred and I think we're in the same boat. Like words are hard to define right now, which just makes it like rough to get a limited topic. So it's just going to be massive. You're never going to have case negs for anything. And it's just no clash, just agent counterplay politics DA. In fairness, fairness, you know me, I'll figure out a way to make this topic about Russia. So true. Of course. I think um, personally, my favorite topic going into this election process was nation state recognition. Me too. And I do not know why it was so unpopular in the initial round of voting, because I don't know, I think it kind of solved everyone's concerns. It was about something new that we hadn't really talked about. it would have given K-Team something to talk about because one of the topic areas was quite literally give back the land. Um, it was limited. We would talk about things that aren't politics. That would have been cool. Uh, yeah, but that clearly didn't happen. So now we're going to talk about politics for another year. Okay, well, the reason I didn't like nation state recognition is despite being a 2N, I do find the value in having a big topic for fun ass debates. And I feel like nation state recognition would be too limited for the app shenanigans I want to pull for my senior year. Uh, Ah, yes. A couple of thoughts about that. The first one is just like, that's such a GVN take. Like, yeah. I'm sorry that you don't get to break like four different insane truth apps that like go in the opposite direction of the topic at the TOC, but like, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like nation states would have been good. Like, there were, I think, seven. Is that seven states? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was seven states, but like within that, like, you know, there are going to be a couple that are kind of bad, but you have like Taiwan would have been phenomenal. Like, I think there were just, there's a ton of advantage ground there. Like, I think in Palestine too, like, I think some of them would have been big. Some of them would have had really good and interesting like advantages. And despite the fact that it may not have been a ton of apps, like, I still think the fact that the apps were good means like it would have been an interesting year of debates. I also just really like IR debates. And it also could have just, this is, this was sort of the middle ground thing I was saying earlier. It could have, if IR isn't your thing, you could choose not to talk about it. Like you could take the Lakota area and run with that. 
And like the debate actually probably would have been the ideal that a lot of people talked about going into CGR of like a soft left F versus a soft left dissad. Because yeah. the main objection to that area, apart from the like generic secessionism dissad, was like this would be terrible for the Lakota people, like creating an autonomous state with no federal support would just be a disaster. And you could have debates about the topic that aren't like the Russia deterrence DA. Yeah, I think there was good soft left ground, good like international and domestic ground. You could have had a case night to every app, so it would be like in-depth clash, which is like ridiculous. I know, crazy. That sounds horrible, that. Annabelle. Annabelle, that actually sounds horrible for the topic. Oh yeah, how <laughs> terrible. GBN, like. You have to answer something that isn't the state's counterplan in politics, DA. I'm, I'm so sorry. People well, might have I actually mean, had case arguments. That could be too far, I know. Robinson 7, if California recognized Taiwan, it sounds like that would solve the app. Oh, God. Excellent Horrible. take. Excellent take. I, I, just, I, I was not good on the arms sales topic, so I, like, didn't realize how great of a topic it was. I know you two were, like, competent debaters, so I'm sure you have, like, more in-depth thoughts about this, but I miss arms sales so much. I don't want to go off on a tangent about arms sales, but the topic did have its problems, i.e. the lack of a generic dissad. True. But it was manageable to the point. It's so like, it was good up until the TOC because everyone talked about Taiwan. And then at the TOC, it became a bit of a disaster because everyone broke a ton of AFs and there's no generic DA. So we saw the observer effect counterplan make a comeback for whatever reason. I, I actually thought there are some really good generic counterplans that I am not going to leak because they are part of the GBN strategy next year. But I, I thought oh. the generic counterplans that weren't even, that like actually competed. Like oh, really good. Mm. GBM plans that compete. Are we sure? That doesn't sound real. I don't know about that one. Well, yeah, masterpieces like the consult AI counterplan. So true. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't want a topic that sends? Well, okay, those? okay. One of these counterplans endorsed hypo testing as the correct model for debate. So. Mm, I see. Okay. How did you guys sure. feel about the Russia topic? I think it would have been good. I loved it. Best topic. I think I think it was way too big. So I, I agree. That's why I was like pro nation states. Yeah, it was. I think if if they had taken out a couple areas, it would have been manageable. But just arms control, Russian arms control, was a giant chunk of the college topic, and the arms control area for the high school topic would have been even larger because the college one was limited to space weapons and. Terrestrial stuff is way larger, and that's not even taking into account the other three areas. Yeah, it would have been like large, but I still think it would have been better than water. Like I think there would have yeah. been some like generic disads. Mm -hmm. We have BizCon. I'm sorry, that was rude. <laughs> of course, the BizCon disad. Don't nice. offend Eric Forsen, please. <laughs> of course, of course, the BizCon DA. How could I forget? I literally don't know what we're gonna do after infrastructure dies. Like, what's next? <laughs> Well, okay. well, talk. <laughs> I figured out two two more politics decides to cut today when I was doing infrastructure uniqueness, but oh, I no. guess we'll have to wait till Greed Hill <laughs> to figure those ones out. Voting rights and gun reform, yeah. It's like a two days uh, worst nightmare. Neither of those, really, or mm. either of them based on uh, immediate legislation being perceived as must pass. <laughs> No, surprisingly, although now that you say that, I think I should 
look in that rabbit hole. Okay. I feel you like the topic selection process is just like terminally screwed up in high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, all the people on the committee are old as hell and suck at deciding anything. <laughs> You've got like Wyoming with two and a half active debaters getting the same amount of votes as like California. Yeah. The other problem is I, this is just based on my read of the topic paper. It seems like a lot of the expectations that the people who write the topic papers have no longer hold true for large sections of debate. So for example, the topic paper writers were like, well, the topic is gonna to be fine because the NEG gets the court's counterplan, obviously. What? And this was obvious to nobody else because nobody thinks the USFG means whole USFG is a basis for competition anymore. Oh, oh. And the, this also happened on CJR. The assumption going into the topic paper was, well, the whole topic is just going to be Flint, Michigan, so it's fine. And I don't know. Nobody assumes shenanigans inevitably happen. Like the facial recognition tech. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that F happens. No, that was like, I read the cards, and I was like annoyed about the fact that they were like better than I wanted them to be. Until you broke the hospital scenario. Okay, you broke the what? Are you sure? I don't remember that happening. <laughs> broke it against me. We did? Yeah. Oh, okay. If you say so. I don't really know what a hospital is, but if you if you say so, I guess. <laughs> I, I think I could reasonably defend the Coast Guard F being the best F on the topic last year. With the exception of the AF that Tony and Caitlin broke at the TLC. I don't even remember that AF. I wasn't paying attention. Think of it as 3D printing 2.0. Oh, of course. so true. Jermaine topic controversies. I don't, like, I just, I don't understand all the complaining from two ends on this topic. Like, shut up and run Baudrillard. It's yeah. not that hard. Simulacra. Yeah. I mean, Baudrillard is in the topic paper. Oh, perfect. Core negative ground. Yes. I love it when they're like, you have negative ground. You can literally read the critique. Yeah. Or you have core negative ground. The infrastructure dissat. I mean, True. just I... so OP. Okay, but Loki, I was cutting infrastructure cards today and the, the, the AF card, like in truth, something's going to pass, but the AF cards were really, really good compared mm -hmm. to the cards. I um I have a new T definition I'm obsessed with. I haven't like spent a lot of time thinking about it, but it came up in my like lab finals today. It's Is like it Cody? no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> it's the one that says protection means to stop harm or something. Just kidding. It's the moon card. It's like a judge at the Hawaii Supreme Court, and he's saying like protection has to be public trust, which like that super limited it basically includes zero apps well it includes like one to two apps mm, but it's I, like reasonably predictable and so, i think it's fun in that it has a limited topic the problem is that card uh a goes the other direction a little bit later sort of b when it says public trust it's like it's akin to public trust in that the protection requires a fiduciary obligation from whoever is protecting 
So that just means you can't do things like devolve to the states and induce them to protect. So I don't really, and nobody's really doing that anyway. So this doesn't really limit out anything, I don't know. I don't think it says protect means public trust. I think it says like akin to or similar to or can it be viewed as in some way. coincides with the truth. Mm, yeah, you're right. It is useful though, because like if the word protect means something, then you can limit out anything yeah. that devolves to other actors. I think I think it says like the mandate of so it says the mandate of protection coincides with the traditional notion of the public trust developed with respect to navigable and tidal waters. As commonly understood, the trust protects public waters and submerged lands against irrevocable irrevocable transfer to private parties, which like I'm not sure if it's like super definition-y, but also just the T cards on this topic are kind of bad. Yeah. I are. think it's like passable. And I definitely think it's better than something like Cody. I think uh, Ben and McCaffrey both found a little secret thing. <laughs> yes, there the, is one thing that will. The topic. It makes Maybe the topic like, fun. Protection is only legislative. Not quite. <laughs> oh no. That's like pretty close to what we found, but like- Oh, what? I guess we found different things then. Well, a little different. Okay, well, I guess we'll see what your thing is and you all will see what my thing is. If it's like protection is only space elevators, I'm quitting debate. There you go. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then it's just like written by Pipkin. Yeah. I mean, technically rumor is he no longer coaches for us, so. I know. Would it really be an ethics uh, violation? Um, probably. <laughs> but he's not a coach. I don't know. That's a that's a discussion for another day. Yeah. You should just leak your new T interp. Okay, but Loki, watch us read an app that eats it. I don't know what it is, so I cannot tell you how hard that is. I feel like I, I like the college selection process for topics so much better. Well, it's selected by people that actually do debate and not. Uh, yeah, that was actually the, the NFHS, the yeah, football coaches. <laughs> Might be a hot take, but I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, that's certainly a take. How do, how do we get that on the high school level? Um, that's not going to happen anytime soon, you know. True. It would require getting multiple organizations to give up power over something and that mm, generally doesn't happen so yeah, also true yeah once upon a time someone named stalin gave up power so what? if that's possible thank you thank you Zohan. <laughs> that's very cool the so football are coaches are you pro stalin <laughs> no i'm not i'm not that person we know that's that's a different person. Thank you. That was this nice. is debate. That is several people. Yeah. Exactly. Should we, should we talk about the coaches poll? This discussion's going kind of slow. I don't know. Um. I'm super pro coaches poll. I actually think we should rank everyone in debate, but like 
only if you haven't seen them. You just have to like hear a couple of rumors about them and then rank rank all of them. Personally, I only think we should rank Annabelle Niblets. There's okay. literally one of me. Like my name is. No one else has it. I promise you. Um, this might be a cold take, but I am not a fan of the coach's poll. How dare you? That is a <laughs> sacred institution within yeah. the debate space. This is like top five unoriginal takes for me, but like, it's kind of weird, you know, that coaches are just ranking like debaters they've never really interacted with. Mm-hmm. Well, my take on this is a lot of the bad stuff that happens in debate can be explained through intense competitive pressure. Yeah. So, you know, people I mean, being jerks, people getting God complexes. I think it's it's partially like it's one like weird that coaches because I don't know, especially like pre-online debate, like most of these coaches had probably never seen most of these debaters debate and we're like ranking them anyway based on like word of mouth or reputation. So that's like on its own, like a little bit of a problem when like the coaches poll means a lot to the students and there's no like reliable way to get up on it other than like you know win every major or something or bribery oh okay so (laughs) thank you that's actually what i'm doing next year but that's a joke reference um but the other like thing about it is that it kind of contributes to gds which i don't think is good I'm, I'm assuming that's a cold take. So, Han, please do <laughs> remute oh. yourself. No, no, no. So, I, I really want to know, how do you know if someone has GDS or not? Like, what's the metric? How do you determine this? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know, like, who has it and who doesn't. No bright line for GDS makes it an unreliable standard. Mm. It's sort of one of those, if you know, you know. It's like a vibe thing. I don't know. Yeah. Just general god complex about an isolated event where we speak quickly about random things yeah do you think carl rove had a god complex when he debated probably who knows i don't know who that is it's probably thank bad. you <laughs> what you never heard of carl in a framework debate no what reading plan you've never heard reading plans makes us carl rove no zero oh, okay. times yeah, yeah, but uh, on a more serious note, the whole debate is meant to be fun. The reason a lot of people that are addicted to it still hate it uh, is because of the competitive pressure, you know, want to climb their rankings. Once yeah. you're up there, you want to keep it. Trust me, that's not fun. No, this is why Clara and I are just going to bid at Dowling and then at large to the TOC. Mm-hmm. Now there there are ways to subvert any ranking system. Obviously, like TOC bits and Baker points, you can farm large but easy tournaments. Yeah, there are definitely ways to like be a worse team but still be higher up in those sorts of rankings just based on tournament selection. But I do think that this whole obsession with ranking, categorizing, numbering people based on how good they are than like offering scholarships and college opportunities based on rankings seems like a bad way to conduct ourselves. Probably. I've heard the idea floated like the reverse coaches poll where all the students get together and rank the coaches and then just like send that out. Well, now that the podcast 
you know, has a pretty decent audience. Maybe we should do that, Annabelle. We have like 40 followers, like. <laughs> yeah. 97 right now. 97? Oh, wow. 97, Crazy. that's a lot of people. We'll break 100 on that next one, that'd be fun. Kind of weird. There are quite a few people in the 45 to 55 age group watching this. <laughs> Wait. Oh, um, okay. That's, that's cool, I guess. Who knows? <laughs> it's probably fine. But yeah, uh, I assume that the people who do the coaches poll would be a bit weirded out that a bunch of high schoolers that have never seen them judge around, seen any of their work, listened to them, <laughs> spoken to them, or ranking them. But you know what? <laughs> That's, yeah, that'd be weird. That would be very I, weird. I think we should do it. I wonder <laughs> if there's something else going, like, I wonder if that would be weird. Do you think that like something else? No, no, no. I'm sure there's no connection to the normal coaches poll. Nope, not at all. Well, I mean, the difference is students aren't trying to relive their glory days as coaches because we have not been coaches. That's true. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. That's like I, definitely a weird thing. I, to I coached a pretty successful novice team to win the <laughs> IDCA novice state tournament. So, you know, that's actually why Sohan is doing this podcast. He just really wants to still be involved with debate. So he like does this podcast to get to talk to it or talk about it, even though this team is no longer a set of novices. Mm -hmm. Of course. Not to expose him, but. And Annabelle, it's not like you have your secrets. What? (laughs) This is why this podcast doesn't have much of a following. Keep saying weird and random things like that that nobody's going to get. <laughs> I, I don't get it. He's talking to it's me. Like, okay, okay. This is like the most weird podcast we've ever had. Normally, it's like all business. Normally, it's all business. Yeah. So then you came on, Ben. I'm sorry. Talk to us about Westminster. What's it like? Oh, it's, it's, it, it's fun. It's gone through its changes. Um, you know, we still definitely have a program. Uh, trying to decide the degree that I want to trash talk my own program. Kind of feel like that would be a bad idea. Do you have, okay, do you have like a debate class or do you just have like after school practices or something like that? We just have after school practices. We do that too. How do you like get new novices? I'm curious about like that. That's a very good, that's an interesting question. Um, As you know, our school has, you know, generally a decent number of smart people. Yeah. Usually some of them show up. Uh, Dropout rate is quite high, like any program, but usually we have two or three people per year that stick around. We generally like, in normal years anyway we'd like put up posters in the hallway we'd like beg people to like ask their friend friends and you know promise it's not a cult like that kind of thing and then we get like a few people to show up a few times and then we end up with like not very many who stay but Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works most places so for us I think our biggest way that we get people is the middle school program so there's like a there's a UDL in Atlanta and our middle schoolers compete on like the middle school UDL. Um, and generally that's a very large group of people because you know it's 
decently low effort. Like there's no research. It's a small, tiny packet. Um, and usually very low time commitment. So usually there's a good you know, 20, 30 people per year that are involved in that. We usually get a couple of them to stay in high school, but obviously it's very, very different in high school when you have to do lots of original research, et cetera. So the dropout rate is very high, but that's how we get people. We have like a similar thing going on. Minneapolis like also has like a, you know, middle school program. Um, and it's, you know, similar. There's like one F. There's generally a couple things you could say on the negative or not really. Like it's all packeted. Not a lot you can say. Uh, the problem is we don't have, our main feeder school actually does have a middle school program, but it's generally reasonably small. And I kind of think middle school debate is not super huge at a, at a Minneapolis level. Like I was, I coached some of it last year and the school I was coaching at was kind of just starting to start up a program. And so there were basically no students, like it was very small. And so we're focused on like retaining people at all at a middle school level. And then once you get to high school, even less stick around, despite the fact that we still have a novice packet that you can't debate outside. So people spend their whole freshman year not having to really research. The transition from freshman to sophomore or novice to varsity is where we lose most of our debaters. Yeah, that makes sense. It's also indicative of a broader trend, I think, that's explaining why debate is declining. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a hard activity. It requires lots and lots of research. Um, and, you know, I can tell you as the main researcher for our team, it's like, it's very easy to burn out. Yeah. Uh, there's high demands, lots of tournaments. It's a high stressful activity and requires more work than a lot of classes do. So that it is hard to entice people to stay. But I do think for those that do, it's a very rewarding experience, obviously, as everyone listening knows. Agreed. I, I also think it makes sense, especially for Minneapolis, why we lose people, because um, especially for South, we kind of, some people every year will end up debating nationally, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the problem is the Minnesota circuit is very, very different than national circuit debating. It's not like Kansas lay debating. It's not that far, but it's like, there's a lot of like um, unconventional K debating or like very generic policy debating and not a whole lot else that happens. Some of our judges require very specific styles of debating that don't really fit with nat circuit debating. And it's just like, there's not a lot of crossover between Minnesota circuit and nat circuit. Yeah, that's always, it's always hard when, because um, generally our novices will stick in local circuits and the transition up to varsity is where we lose most people. So it can be a bit disheartening when you're a novice and you just go to a local circuit, maybe you win a lot of rounds without doing much. Then you go to your first varsity tournament and you go 06 and just get crushed every round. And that can be disheartening for a lot of people, but yeah, uh, the trick is keeping their egos up during the transition. <laughs> That was, we also have this weird, we have JV, which I know not a lot of places have, and it's this like weird limbo that not very many people at all are in, but exists, but only on a local level, and it's super strange, and I kind of think we should just not have it, but it's there, and some people end up doing that as sophomores, and it puts them in a weird spot. So, on what, what's GBN's approach to novices, <laughs> other than handing them the Nielsen's asteroid DA on paper? And... Oh, no. Well, you see, 
We start our novices out on paper. They go on paper the entire year. Then we just give them process counterpoints. So they really never lose the debate, which makes them really happy. So they stick with debate, go to camp. But once they've learned how hard debate actually is, they've already gone to camp and they've already spent the money. So now they're trapped and they might as well continue. Oh, nice strategy. Seems more like a, you know, trap than anything else, but okay. The opposite. Um, we also debated on paper for like a while, but instead of giving our novices any blocks, we don't do that. Um, I did not know what a block was until I got to camp after my freshman year. I had just never heard of one. No one had ever told me. Um, during my constructives, I was just kind of reading some cards and then during my rebuttals, I was just kind of saying words. Um, I won a surprising amount of debates this way, but yeah, also <laughs> we had, we, it was so bad. Clara and Zaria debated together novice years. Zaria has since quit, but regardless, one time they were debating this team. They were debating like a suburb school, you know, YZ, Edina, one of those guys. Um, the other team read blocks. Like they just, they read, you know, coach written blocks and Clara and Zaria thought they were reading evidence that wasn't in the packet. So they stopped the debate because none of us knew that you could read things that weren't, in, you know, cards. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good. We all definitely knew what was going on. I for sure never lost a debate on T because I didn't have any standards and just read a counter enter because I um, didn't know how T worked. Yeah. Our, our approach to novices varies wildly by year. So our program's a little decentralized. Um, teaching novices is usually handled, at least in some part, by the seniors or the juniors on the team. So my novice, my novice year is very much similar, except instead of a packet debate, I got like thrown into um, novice divisions at national tournaments where it was like open sometimes. So it was kind of, it was a, it was a strange experience, you know. Um, I was handed the link to the open evidence project told to figure it out and you know this didn't work for a bit but I do think that was very helpful and I had to actually figure out how to do stuff really early which helped me a lot but it did result in a very 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 high dropout rate for our year so I think out of we had a very big novice class my year was I think eight or nine people um only two of us are still here by senior year which is yeah interesting Mm -hmm. Relatively. Clara and I are the only people left from our year, too. Oh, except for Carmine. My bad. Can't forget Carmine. We had probably 10 or 12, like, novices my freshman year, and it's just Clara and me. I don't know how this happened. Um, basically, for us, what happened is we both spent the entire year debating out of a novice packet on paper like three apps, like you couldn't go outside of it. We weren't reading blocks. We were just reading cards and then saying words. We had no clue what was going on, you know, all year. Um, except I think randomly, um, Clara and Zaria got taken to like novice Glenbrooks and they lost on ace back. It was, it was a really great, great year for all of us. But then sophomore year, the first thing we did was Clara and I immediately went 2-4 at Niles and then 2-4 at Valley. Mm. Everyone gets their losses in early at some point. It was you great. Know. I remember my second year, I went, what was it? 2 4 at St. Mark's. At the hoedown? No. In the varsity the, division? Yeah. 
Yeah, there wasn't room in the hoedown, so I just got chucked in the deep end again, which is fun. Uh, one of the only rounds we won was on Disclosure Theory. Nice. It was really Love good. To see it. We hit a K team. I don't even remember what they were running. I just remember I had no idea what was going on. Um, they disclosed six minutes before the debate. We won because they claimed in one of their speeches that they had sent us the whole text of their cards instead of just the sites to make up for the fact that they were late. But they like hadn't done that. Like that was the whole reason we won. They just lied about the way they had disclosed. It was really good. Yeah, sounds very educational. Um, <laughs> we had to leave while they were still post-rounding. Of course. Y'all want to talk about teaching novices or something? Because that's always a fun experience. Yes. Yeah. I've always found it's it's hard to maintain the balance between boosting people's egos by giving them stuff and forcing people to think. So it does kind of swing, at least on our team, based on who's a junior and a senior. So like, for example, my year, the rest of the team kind of, you know, we got chucked in the defense with the open ev link. Um, so that's one approach. My, at least this year, I was the one that mainly taught novices on our team. And I think I might've gone too far in the other direction. So like at the beginning of the year, we handed, kind of handed them a bunch of things. Um, definitely worked, like they won and they all learned stuff, but I might've gone a bit far with handing people stuff. Now I know GBN also favors this approach. So what do, what do you have to say about this, Sohan? Well, you see, we favor this approach to the extent that once you're past the 1AR, you're really on your own and you need to figure out how to explain all the arguments you've made. I, I thought it worked out pretty good. We had some good novices. Although I will say my novice year, the only way we won, won rounds was on the after one for Tondo, pretty much every debate. And on the nag, we just put two T's on one flow and then they would drop one of them. And so we would just go for the one they drop every single debate. Mm, very educational. Um I didn't find out we were supposed to kick arguments until the end of my freshman year. I was just going for all of the things in the 2NR. I was. I did that a little bit too. You know, also, I, I accidentally double one at the beginning of the year because no one told me how we were supposed to split up the speaker positions. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, what was I going to say? I did. I had a similar thing. So my first 2NR I ever gave in high school. I went for a K, a counter plan, two disads, and a C violation. Yeah. Yep. Did I know what was going on? Probably not. We've all been there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I did download all of them and highlight all of them off of the open evidence link, which did help me. And it was certainly an educational experience. So that's always good. We didn't even have a set one AC. Like we would just read some random cards. Mm -hmm. um we were really good novices <laughs> this uh we also had to we just like downloaded an app off of it was like from the northwestern camp or something yeah. but we didn't time the 1ac because we didn't know you're supposed to do that and all of the cards were painted because they were meant for people that could spread so Ooh. uh we read one advantage didn't get to the plan that's always good uh that happens i also lost the debate on you forgot to read the plan <laughs> Happens to every novice at least once. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. That's well, what happens GBA when you read novices. random cards instead of like in an order. Not GBN novices, because we read the plan first. 
Mm. on. Right after the inherency content. Of course. <laughs> we don't hand our novices things because our novices don't read blocks. Mm. The only coaching I've ever done is Molly and Aya their freshman year, like moved up to JV and they happened to just be hitting like the Poland AF on mm. arm sales. <laughs> and yes. we just were like, here is the USMCA disad. Good luck. You smack her. So you true. Smack her. Obviously, you smack her. And then the other thing that happened is last year I was coaching my novs at like the GBS novice scrimmage. And so on, they hit some of your kids who were reading the Coast Guards AF. Mm-hmm. You know, I will defend giving novices the Coast Guard AF <laughs> as one of the smartest thing my, things my coaches did last year. Mm-hmm. Who's just so good? Um. We had we had our kids go for topicality, despite the fact that they had never heard of topicality. And I was like, just just rant about how unfair they're being. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other thing I've learned from teaching novices. If you're given the choice between give them a bad strategy that they're like sort of familiar with, or give them something killer that's new and that they don't understand, it's almost always better to go with the former because. Novice debates are almost never decided on argument quality. They're decided based on who didn't drop T or didn't drop a disad or didn't drop the F. So almost always, it's almost, I, I, in my opinion, it's always better to go with just basic, easily understandable stuff that they've looked over before the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Now that is hard to do on topics like CJR and water because the only arguments are politics and no what yeah. are you supposed to give your kids be like we have no case cards for you to read you will be fine politics oh, yeah. disad yeah that's what we did i gave them what did i give them i gave them let's see got a process counter plan states courts uh a T file framing stuff because every novice F is soft left. Yes. Yeah. Give them the race on a catapult and call it a day. <laughs> Thank you, Sohan. <laughs> I think our kids had like literally just a policing F because it's packeted in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So they had their nice, like, we were having them debate online because it's hard to debate on paper when you're not in person. So their nice online version of the policing F, the federalism disad very vanilla abolition k and then maybe like the state's counter plan and i think that was it that's the other weird phenomenon about westminster novice classes and i don't know if this also happens in other places but the novices talk to each other a lot so they'll often group think themselves into thinking different things and the opinion across the year will be similar so for example my year is pretty accepting of critical arguments like all of us are comfortable going for a k we all prep them out sometimes or cut them. Ew. Thank you, Sohan, very cool. But uh, for example, last year, our class of novices hated K arguments, like unwilling to go for abolition. They were like, all of this is gobbledygook nonsense. So that happens. And I mean, I mean to be fair, I think abolition ugh, was a little bit of a stretch for some novices. Yeah. Critical arguments are always hard to teach novices. 
Uh, we uh, do this thing. We don't let our kids have takes as freshmen. We don't give them enough information about debate for that. Oh, uh, our novices are mighty bold. Uh, it's always fun. Encourages them to think, etc. When they um when they get to sophomore year, they can inherit our seniors' opinions if they want them. That's kind of it. <laughs> um, yeah, and occasionally because I will sometimes send out a file on the Slack as like a proof of concept of something. Sometimes that doesn't go well because sometimes our novices just download it and we'll read it in rounds despite it being a new argument. So like, you know, when somehow some of our novices got their hands on a new DDEV file I was working on <laughs> before we broke it and decided to read it in a round. Oh no. Um, that happens, you know. Tracy DDEV the stimulus to sad for some reason. Um, I mean, they won because the other team didn't know what DDEV is, but you know. Uh, not exactly an awesome model of debate. So like restricting your novices somewhat is always a good thing. It just you know, isn't a problem to... for us because we all share a team Dropbox, but our novices usually aren't on it because they're just reading stuff out of a packet. Uh, people, I was not added to our team Dropbox. And this was the other weird thing about Westminster is we will often drop novices in varsity late in the year. So I was never added to our Dropbox as a novice. And I went to NDCA as a novice. So that was a very good experience. Lots of fun. Ooh. You know, it did help me learn a lot, though. Yeah. We don't, like, usually what happens is people, we have, like, our main, we'll have an app for the year that we share. So I think this year I'm going to cut that. Maybe our coaches will, like, help me some, and everyone will just read it. And that's just how it is. It's, I'm fine with it. And then for neg stuff, like probably if Clara has stuff she doesn't want people to break it, she'll just keep it in her personal folder. But I'm sure we'll have like the state's counter plan, like a politics disad, you know, a prepped out version of BizCon, everyone's favorite disad in <laughs> the main section of the Dropbox, and everyone could just kind of read it. BizCon. It's Such I don't know why everyone's so against it. There are no thumpers. It makes so much sense. Yeah, it does. Um, that's how our team works, except I write the AF and the neg stuff. Which is always cool. If water regulation, then no business confidence extinction, Ben. Nice. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That checks out. I can't think of anything the app might say. Um, no, nothing. no arguments. It's so true. Yeah, that's fair. In lab finals today, um, the team on the negative re-tagged all the BizCon cards as K cards. And so the 2AC to it was framework and then answers to BizCon. Sure. Checks out. Oh, was it like the app is anti-capitalist? Instead, you should endorse BizCon? <laughs> no. Here, I'll read it to you. Um, mm. Let me find it. There was a lot of other shenanigans in this one in C, but it was burgeoning community organizers' processes have secured financial concessions from the state that enshrine security absent self-interested governance. Second card, the exertion of sovereign power does not come without costs. The 1AC's demand for control denies access to energy and capital. Third card, that transforms the world into a violent battleground between nation states which command unrivaled instruments for destruction. Absent a paradigmatic shift, antagonisms incite conflicts that drive devastation. 
And fourth card, the alternatives is to reject the affirmative's obsession for certainty, vote negative to embrace the fluidity of regulatory negotiations that avoids the rat race to contemporary politics. Hmm. See, the thing is, that last one, I could imagine, except for the word ragnag, I could imagine that being like a Baudrillard card. Yeah, right? Reject certainty, you know. Before I looked at the cards, I was like, you know what this could be? Baudrillard. And then I was like, wait, this is just BizCon. <laughs> yep. It is simply, yeah. Maybe I should do that during the camp tournament. I think this is a good idea. <laughs> You're already going to win all the rounds. <laughs> be nice. <laughs> No, I'm not. I haven't opened any of the app files. How am I supposed to win rounds? I don't know. I'm sure you'll figure it out. That's the other thing people need to know about camp. Nobody cares who wins. Agreed. Like, I, I don't... <laughs> well, except the person who wins. I decided I was going to go for condo pre-round on Friday because I wanted to practice condo, and then I did it. No, so, Han, like, I won the camp tournament at GDDI last year. I, I don't care. Like, nobody cares. It has not been mentioned since. It doesn't matter. I think I heard about it. Oh, well. Um, okay. Sure. Maybe maybe that's a sign you should uh, touch some grass, you know, instead of diving into the old dusty debate history. Going outside right now. True. I am going to bring back stock issues. Well, this you podcast see, is so chaotic. What are we there's doing? There's this thing <laughs> called the called the NSDA, Annabelle. And we brought back, you know, all the stock issues, but we also brought back this justification. It was it was fun. Aren't justifications just counterplans? Yeah, the AF did not justify their inclusion of airports. No. <laughs> So Maybe I should edit this section out. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't understand why the negative is like, we need crowd, just go for structural inherency. Yeah, of course. The structural and inherency, the structural inherency politics double lines. Either the app is popular and it's not inherent, or it's unpopular and you link to the disad. No, structural inherency, line five will get overruled. It is not structurally inherent. I don't think that's how structural inherency works, but I will be pretending it is. There's no reason for you to do the app. It's gonna happen, don't worry about it. Yeah, inherency is an affirmative burden. True. So Han, are you in the dark? I am now. I can't wait to see what the finished product of this looks like. We're just jumping from one section to another. Yeah, th this is this is much more chaotic than normal. <laughs> much like a novice's two N R. Oh, rude! We're jumping from flow to flow. Last <laughs> Nobody time we really knows why. We talked about like DDEV, and the time before that, we talked about like like super the chimneys. Topic. And so, okay, to be fair, I did bring up super chimneys. You know, it, it had to be said. This is this is messy, but that's okay. I'm sure our yeah. listeners love drama. Who wants to fight with me about something? Um, okay, what do you want to defend? I, did. I, didn't, I didn't think this far ahead. Walter, you black? Question mark? <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> nope. I'm good. <laughs> um, 
What are we gonna fight about? Let's think about this for a second. <laughs> I think the state's counterplan is unbeatable. You just have the states covertly nuke the Snake River dams, even though they're under federal control, it still solves. Of course. Uh, we need to figure out something actual. To, like we need to figure out actual things to say because otherwise we're gonna have to edit out the last like 20 minutes. <laughs> it's fine, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Someone, sure. what part of your face is that? Is that your arm? What are you doing? It's my arm. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't think this needs any editing. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Well, thanks for watching um, episode three of our podcast. Very eventful. Um, I don't know what guests we're having next time, but just come back and watch. So this will be interesting. He means listen. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Thank you.